Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 31. We're continuing our resilience series with a look at appreciation, and today we're talking about the acrostic games. It'll be lots of fun. Hello, Father. Hello, daughter. Here we are again. (laughs) Here we are again, and I'm excited we're featuring an acrostic I like. But before we dive into the episode, I wanted us to talk about the other very exciting conference coming up this week. Yeah, no, we do. We got a great conference. Uh, You know, we try to do a free conference every year. Last year was uh, Neil Anderson, Carl Payne. Myself on Spiritual Warfare this year, uh, John Eldridge is uh, joining us. Friday night, I'm going to be teaching kind of the neuroscience of uh, of joy and how that all works. And we're going to be talking a little bit about building bounds just from a, a, an emotional capacity perspective. And then on Saturday, John's going to uh, lead us through exercises and also his input from his new book, Resilient, that is really focused on helping us build the resilience we need to, to cope with all of the anxiety and despair and you know frustration in our world. I mean, let's face it, mental illness, mental health issues are really at the forefront. And learning how to build our emotional capacity is is key. So, uh, you know, John played a, a big role in my own journey, and uh, I've, uh, you know, love his material and, and the stuff that he's developed. And so we're really excited to be partnering on this conference this weekend. It is fabulous. So if you register for the conference, but you're unable to attend live, or if you're listening to this after the fact, fear not, um, <laughs> you can watch the recordings. So go register for this free conference at our Deeper Walk website, and we hope to see you there. So today, we're continuing our look at the first of the ABCs of Bounce, and that is appreciation. So, Father, do you want to give us a recap of appreciation? Anything from last episode you want to clarify or expound on before we unpack our acrostic? Yeah, at the heart of the idea of building bounce is we talked about this de- the image of a depleted ball that's lacking air, and that the air that really fills up the ball that allows it to bounce is joy. And if we don't run on joy, we're going to run on fear. And the more fear we run on, the more deflated our ball gets, right? You can have a ball that doesn't bounce quite right. And you can also have a ball that just goes flat, right? It kind of splats when it hits. And I'm sure we got listeners in all categories, right? People who are bouncing around and, you know, like, you know, life's an adventure. And this is all good. They got people who are it's just sluggish. It's not bouncing back quite enough. And people who feel like, yeah, my somebody punctured my ball and it's just <laughs> laying there and... Um, needs repair and it needs refilled. And so what we're talking about here largely is how are there practices we can do, um, habits we can develop that keep our, our ball more filled with the, uh, the air of joy. So that's kind of what we're focusing on here. All right. And how does appreciation factor into this? So appreciation is the fastest way for um, the brain to grow joy. So uh, if you want to like an injection of joy. Appreciation is the fastest way to get there. I mean, with the possible exception of, you know, like hugs from a toddler, but you know, you know what I say? There, there's a, <laughs> so like this feeling of being in love is actually joy too. It's like, oh, I, I have so much joy. I'm so happy to see this person. They're so happy to see me. Relational and happiness. Relational happiness, yeah. right? So uh, there are ways to get those infusions, but we're talking about things you can control, like on demand. 
And appreciation is one of those things where we can kind of choose to do things to enter into that place of appreciation, uh, not have to wait for something to uh, create that reaction in us. Very helpful. So one of my favorites of your acrostics, you have so many acrostics, um, and one of my favorites of yours um, is the word games, gratitude, anticipation, memories, experiences, and singing. What a fun combination of things. So yeah, I've drawn upon this acrostic when I'm alone as as a means of, of finding appreciation and, and uh, when I'm in a group and I'm helping with deeper walk seminars or women re- women's retreats and such. Um, I know I've heard of some people who will go around through like, you know, at their Thanksgiving table or something with like, and they'll go through each letter as a family or as a group. So sometimes this is a nice exercise to do. Um, I know like before um, I've helped lead some of these at deeper walk seminars, like as a, as we're coming into the session or as we're leaving the session or, um, you know, it could be good for a small group. Anyway, I'm babbling, but there's so much good potential here. Um, it's a podcast. You're supposed to babble. Oh, okay. 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 Good. Good. Um, so yeah, if, if you want to talk about how you came up with the cross stick, that's always fun, but otherwise you can. Sure. Well, you know, this particular one came when I was asked to do a webinar on Thanksgiving and they wanted me to teach on appreciation. And I just started listing off the ways that you could practice appreciation. Right. And, I was started with uh, past, present, and future, and I was just going to go with that. And but realized that you know, present. What is appreciation in the present? It's that's gratitude. What is uh, appreciation in the future? That's anticipation. And in the past is memories. All of a sudden, I had G A M, and I'm like, and I know that, and I just learned from Dr. Wilder that singing was one of the best ways to bring your right and your left brain together. Now I've got G A M S, and I didn't want to go with gams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now my generation that meant one thing. I don't know if it means anything today. And then the uh, uh, so then you realize that there are things that I can do to create experiences. Like I can plan some things. Maybe I'm going to do crafts or I'm going to do gardening or I'm going to do some things that create joy. So all of a sudden, games was just sitting in front of me. So it was pretty easy to uh, put that together. And so it's gratitude is what is there in my present, right? Anticipation, what's there in my future? Um, And I look at it this way. What is it in my present that made me smile in the last 24 hours? What am I looking forward to? And it makes me smile to think about looking forward to it. In fact, uh, one of the things you find is that um, when people are really struggling with depression and despair, uh, they uh, often can't think of things they're looking forward to. And when they go back into their memories, they can only remember the bad stuff about their memories, right? The uh, Even the joy is almost painful because it's not there anymore. And so what we're doing is you have to kind of learn how to um, – Let's quote Junie Felix here again, right? You got to use these tiny habits sometimes, and that is do get tiny wins instead of looking for the big win. Because too often we're looking for something that's going to change my whole demeanor, change my whole outlook on life. This is going to fix everything. I won't be depressed anymore. I won't be anxious anymore, right? It'll all, all be over if I can just have a good enough experience of appreciation right now. And that's not what we're talking about. That's not realistic. What we're talking about here is having little wins, little celebrations, little things that we can do along the way that uh, uh, begin to train our brain that pain isn't the end of the story, right? That there's something else going on here. That's so good. Yes. And and Junie would definitely encourage celebrations after you. And anytime you do a small, a small little win, celebrate it and train your brain to, yeah. And for those who don't know, Junie Felix is on Deeper Walk speaker team. She is a uh, radio personality uh, with uh, In the Moody uh, Network. Uh, she's written a book 
You are worth the work. You are worth the work. Moving and I know. Uh, from trauma to and uh, she's as well as being a friend of the family. So, yes, she's one of my prayer partners. I love her very dearly. So, let's settle into gratitude, this appreciation in the present. Um, could you could you give us an example of someone you know your your average person who is not struggling with with deep depression and is not just bouncing off the walls, but you know just like a a normal day of gratitude. So, I, I, like just right now, like we're sitting next to a window and I'm looking out the window and it is a perma gray sky. Right. And some people look at that and they're like, oh, no, not another gray sky. I can't be happy on a gray day. But, you know, for me, it makes me think of like Scotland and Ireland and fires and whatever. And so I can look at it and I and I like the ability to look through the branches of a tree when the leaves aren't there. And, and, and there's just a feel to it that makes me feel like, OK, I can't wait to make a fire. And so in my present, uh, I can appreciate what there is. Plus there's a pine tree and there's other trees. And, and so you start looking around and then maybe I look close, more closely at the tree and I'm like, you know, I, I've never really noticed how, you know, symmetrical this is or how that leaf does that or, or uh, you study things. And it, what, what always pops in my mind when I talk about this is um, the scene from Last Samurai yeah. where, what's the guy, do you remember the guys, the leader of the village? Oh, I forget his uh, anyway, name. The, so anyway, Kazumoto. Or so, I can't remember. But anyway, there's a, the leader of this uh, samurai village. He's about to go into the battle of a lifetime. He's, he's on verge of losing everything. But he's taking a walk among the cherry blossoms, and he's studying them, and he's looking for the perfect cherry blossom. But the idea here is that part of what he used to calm himself in the midst of all these big things going on in his life was the practice of appreciation in the present and being focused in on, you know, there's something here that is good. And in the midst of everything else, look at the beauty of this one, you know, beautiful cherry blossom. So whatever that is for us, um, you know, if you need a jump start, you know, you can pick your favorite food. Like, hey, I'm going to get a piece of cherry pie here, right? And, or whatever it is. And you say, this is my, and you just like, oh, I just really like this. And you let yourself kind of settle into that and, and stay with it for a little bit. That's the idea of uh, gratitude in the present. Hmm. It makes me think of uh, when I was in junior high or early high school, probably early high school, uh, I got to write and publish some devotionals and they asked for our um you know our bio and I'm like oh what do I put in a bio I'm a high school exactly. <laughs> um and I climbed I, Mount Everest when I was 10 right yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um but I wrote something in that that bio that surprised me when I wrote it and just felt really right and and has stuck with me which is that I enjoy finding the epic in the ordinary and uh, I, I I think this is the first time I've really kind of connected that, that to gratitude in the present of, yeah, just like you were saying, as you were describing the the trees, like leafless trees and being able to see the sky through the trees is one of my very favorite things. And I love gray skies and clouds and I, I get giddy with happiness. I'm a, a weirdo by many you know, <laughs> thinkings, but um, yes, I, I love it. And I love to find, yeah, that epic in the ordinary. I also like to find you know, the ordinary and the epic and like figure out how things come together. But um, yes, anyway, there we go. Well, that's true. And that's what appreciation and presence is all about. And, and finding the epic and the ordinary is such a great catchphrase, right? Yeah, and I think that it's, uh, and that's kind of what we're doing is, is looking at uh, what there is and finding that there's always something to appreciate in the present if we'll just focus. Mm -hmm. 
Very good. Do you do you want to then maybe talk about gratitude in the more desperate situations or we can Well, you know, there. if I'm desperate enough, I'm not going to get there. Mm-hmm. But if the uh um so what I kind of need in the more desperate times is uh what we call extreme quieting. So extreme quieting is I've got to shake up my nervous system a little bit. For example, here's, I'll just throw out a, a, a list of things that uh, I've heard people do, but it's like keeping your head still, take a deep breath, blow it out, do it like five, 10 times. Then with your head still, put your eyes up towards the ceiling and then down towards the floor and then over to the right and then over to the left and just repeat it and kind of make you know your eyes going there and keeping your head still. And part of what that does is it distracts your brain out of things, but it can also be jumping jacks and exercising can help. You want to do things to distract yourself out of your anxiety and uh, um, get your focus on something else. Uh, one of the things that sometimes, uh, like as I'll sing happy birthday to me, you know, happy birthday to me, right? And it, it always makes me laugh. And so that's a... Uh, um, but there are different things that you can do to try to, like I said, I, I think the key thing here is I'm trying to distract my my body out of the uh, state that it's in a little bit so that I can then go into the regular quieting things of soothing and tensing and releasing and and then uh, trying to win that battle for my mind of what is it that I need to be thinking of here instead of what I am thinking about that's driving me nuts. Very good. So let's move on to anticipation, appreciation for the future. <laughs> um I've been gone from Kentucky for a month now, um, and I'm about to go back to start my first semester of grad school. Mind blown. You say your last? I'm sorry. (laughs) I was thinking final and last, and it came out first. My final semester of grad school. Mind blown. And I have many happy things to anticipate, but what keeps making me smile right now as I'm anticipating the future um, is there are three little dogs who live <laughs> above me and they are so cute and so happy. And um, I just know that as soon as that, you know, if they're out anywhere and, and have any freedom to, to roam when I get home, they are going to be racing to the deck and greeting me as, as I am walking into my apartment and, um, yeah, that just makes me smile and and yeah, and so you can already feel the joy now as mm-hmm. you think about it, waiting for it, and that's the beauty of anticipation. And uh, you talk about people planning vacations and how often the anticipation of the vacation is actually the most joyful part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are uh, times when I can anticipate something that doesn't even happen, but I still had the joy of all of the anticipation while I was looking forward to it. And uh, talk about dogs. I know uh, I've heard of psychologists who actually prescribe to uh, people who are struggling with their uh, depression that they buy a dog because it's both calming and they're always happy to see you, right? So it's a, it's a really cool uh, yeah. connection on both fronts. Well, and I can just continue pushing that connection because like the dogs are owned by two very wonderful people who yeah. just have a very peaceful, happy, loving home. And so there's that relational joy of, oh, I'm coming. And then I walk into my apartment and my roommate might be there and she has a cat whom I love and I get to see her in person. Like I get to see my roommate for the first time in a month in person. And anyway, lots of relational joy. Exactly. And-, and, and this is why we separate this out that sometimes it's like, it's important to have things to look forward So I tell people, you know, you stop thinking in terms of what am I looking for in the next 24 hours? And it doesn't have to be life-changing, just something that, you know, that'll be pleasant. That'll be, that'll make me smile. It's something I'm looking forward to this week, next month, you know, later this year. 
we all have things. And I know people who got through work because they kept dreaming of retirement. <laughs> you know, they were, all, but having something to anticipate with joy uh, helps. And so the more of those you can layer on top of each other, right? Yeah. Well, and another, another one I can say that's, um, my first semester of undergrad, I had severe attachment pain and just, I literally sometimes I felt dead inside. I was so like, I loved being, I loved the people I was with. I loved that I was there. It was all like good, but I was just, I was depressed and I was like, what is happening? And at that point, I think mom was working at the library and she had Thursdays off. And so almost every Thursday that semester, she drove up to have lunch with me. And then I think we eventually got to the point where we would just talk on the phone, but she she would drive up to have lunch with me. And there were times when I was, I would just fix it. I was like, mom's coming, mom's coming. And I would just like anchor onto like that relational and the anticipation of, of relational joy of that t- attachment pain getting um, helped. And so that was, th- that. there's an example of, you know, when you're a little bit more desperate, but having that anticipation and, and yeah, that would help feel me. So yeah. No, it's a good example. And it's something we could all relate to, I think. Because uh, I remember when I was in grad school and I was, you know, alone and I had left all my friends back in another town. It was the same thing. It was knowing that uh, I'm going to go back and see them in two weeks, right? Knowing I'm going to, it was a big source of encouragement. And having that to focus on could help to renew the joy. And what's happening, interesting, a lot of times thinking about the future actually triggers memories of the past. Because now you're thinking, oh, mom's coming. But then you can also lead into memories of joyful times when you were with her. Just like anticipating seeing the dogs or whatever can bring memories of the times with the dogs and memories of this. And so it it does branch us from you know the present of gratitude in the present, anticipation of the future, memories in the past. And I have talked to people who have said to me, you know, there's no, I have no happy memories. Um, or I talked to somebody who's, who wasn't that they had no happy memories. They, it was too painful for them to go revisit because they were gone. They weren't, they weren't around mm-hmm. anymore. And I'm like, there often is some pain in going back in the past, um, even to happy memories. And so sometimes we have to acknowledge the fact, not everything about this is happy, but here's the part that was happy and focusing in on that. Like I know somebody who had terrible Christmases, but they could still remember like two times when there was just pure joy at something that happened on a Christmas. And so the idea is, all right, we could go back and say, you know what, out of 50 Christmases in my past, only two of them were happy, blah, and it can turn into this misery reflection. Or you can say, but there were these two, and then the question is, how do I develop the focus to be able to focus on those things that did make me smile. Well, it's like fear mapping the past versus joy mapping the past, yep. you know. Well, and the great thing about memories is that they've already happened, so we can collect them. Um and and we can rolodex through them and I know the courses will talk about, you know, naming them um so that you can quickly pull up like, ah, oh, this memory. Like I have one that I call can we keep him? <laughs> And it's when I was a senior in high school and my little brother came in in his puffed winter coat, cradling a kitty cat in his arms. And he said, can we keep him? And we did. Long story short. <laughs> and yeah. um, he's just been one of, he was one of the greatest gifts ever. And so now that memory is just slightly booby trapped because um, we lost him. 
2022. And so I, I, I have some sadness now associated with that memory because of the loss, but it still makes me happy. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Some things, uh, you know, bring back nostalgia and uh, that's still okay. But going back to nostalgia is a little bit like going back to a peaceful thing when it was a good old day. And there, so yeah, you, you can't always remove all of the sadness out of all of those things, but you're trying to remember. So for me, for example, I will like, I, I, I was um, big into Bible quizzing for a while. And so one of my default memories that I like to go back to is I remember we were at a tournament one time and and everybody was getting really tense. And we, uh, we had a big quiz coming up. And if we won that, we were going to the championship round. And so everybody was like, do we go cram? Do we study some more? What do we do? And I was like, let's go back to somebody's house and watch Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and we watched like, cause we had like two hours till our next thing. And we went back and we watched Rocky and we were all came into the next thing going dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's doing their best Rocky pose. And there was just joy and happy. It's like, I can refeel that joy, like just going back. And there's memories like that, right. That we have. And that's what we're talking about is, are there things where you go back and it's like, that was so fun. That was just the best thing ever. And I can re-enter into that memory and ex- re-experience the, the, you know, the hormonal change in my body just from going back and being in there for a while. Memories are so good. So let's, let's, let's move on to experiences. We can, we can cycle back if we want, but so now this kind of moves us out a little bit of our present past future paradigm, although experiences could still be something you're planning for. And like you said, the thing doesn't even have to happen that you're planning for. You could just plan the experience. But yeah, talk to us about experiences. Well, you know, I think about you know, some people find uh, a lot of joy in gardening or they find joy in crafting or they find joy in planning vacations or they find joy in designing houses or they find joy, you know, there's a lot of things. And so part of this is knowing what kind of things bring you joy and plan it into your day or your week to make sure you get some time to do those things. So it's like, if you love to play basketball, make sure that you carve out some time to get, you know, a chance to do that. And then that becomes something you can anticipate. And eventually it becomes a memory (laughs) that you can then go back and visit again and uh, so that's just part of it. It's like if you don't have something you're already anticipating, create something. That's the idea of experiences. You know, there's a just, again, once you start going down this path, you begin to realize that there are way more things to appreciate in life than to be afraid of. But we have to train our minds to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and find find the safe people who you can create those experiences with and and share those memories with. And yeah, I'm... Yes. Okay. I could go off. Let's 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 go to our across uh, the final of our acrostic for singing. So specific, Father, <laughs> but I love it. So yeah, explain explain why singing, and then we can talk more. Well, again, singing came from again something Jim Wilder said, and I think it was actually a conversation. He just said that singing is one of the few things that brings right and left brain together that uh, synchronizes them well. And we've known this for years, sort of intuitively. We were just talking about uh, the sound of music, right? The classic song uh, in there about um, a few of my favorite few, things. Yeah, a few <laughs> of my favorite things. I'm, I'm starting to sing "Whiskers on t- Kittens," right? Yeah, you know, you, you go through here. But that was just good advice in that song that everybody knows is that 
learning to set your mind on the things that you that you like. But then you turn it into music and you put a little dance to it and you sing. And there is something that is life-giving about that. And so like sometimes even going through YouTube and finding some of your old favorite songs from the past uh, and taking a little time to do do that little trip down memory lane and then singing along actually gets creates engagement that can be very helpful. Yeah. And then I, of course singing hymns and or yes. you know praise songs. Yeah, I love I sometimes especially when I'm alone I'll actually just sing prayers to God because it just yeah, it does it, the left and right brain coming together, you know, it, it just feels like there are pieces of me that when I sing it, it everything kind of like comes into focus and it taps into the creativity and it taps into um yeah, I don't know. It just helps me feel more more relational with God sometimes. I have a friend in undergrad. I used to drive her down to the airport all the time. And it was always a very stressful, like, you know, oh, there's construction or something's going to go wrong or, you know, it's just, it's a long trip. And without fail, by the end of our car trip, she would be singing hymns every single time. Um, and she would just, you know, it would help her to, one, distract her from her anxiety um, and also help her focus on on God. And I that always just stuck with me like, oh, yeah. And so sometimes I'll do that too where I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling some anxiety and I'm going to sing. I know. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it triggers a memory for me too. I, I was uh, in my early 20s and I – got stranded in downtown Chicago at a train station, found out I was at the wrong train station and had to walk six blocks through really not a good neighborhood uh, to another train station. And uh, to the point where a guy started walking toward me from the other direction, saw me and ran away. I don't know what he saw, (laughs) but it was like, everybody was like a little nervous in this neighborhood. And I was, but I remember singing, you know, uh, singing hymns, you know, uh, about the faithfulness of God and things like that. And there is something comforting about it. There's something about setting, it's like Paul and Silas did, right? When they were in the uh, Philippian prison. Mm-hmm. And there's something anchoring about it. Indeed. Uh, this has been such a rich discussion, and I hope you can see why I love this acrostic so much. Good job. It's like your spiritual gift is acrostics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in Romans, I think, the spiritual <laughs> gift of acrostics, but yes. <laughs> so next week, we're going to continue on. We're going to go deeper into a- the ABCs, what they look at beliefs. But for now, any final thoughts on this episode? You know, it's interesting because uh, – I find that you can beat yourself up about almost anything, right? So when you start saying, I'm going to do a better job of building joy, I'm going to do a better job of, right, building this habit, and you miss a day or you you miss another one or you do it and it doesn't seem to be working. And it's really, it. we are talking about a habit over time. It really is something that we have to learn to celebrate the little wins along the way and to show ourselves some grace as we're going through this this journey because um it 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 takes time and it's just like i'm not gonna if i've never studied piano i'm not gonna sit down at the piano and suddenly play rock mon and all right i've got a at least i've heard he's good you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh there's a there's something to it so i just want to say show yourself some grace as you're going through here it's going to be okay but it will get better hmm. thank you And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. 
Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast or our video streaming The Learning Library Basic. Also, like the free January conference where John Eldridge from Wild at Heart will be joining Dad to speak about emotional resilience, and that is coming up this week on the 27th and 28th. So as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.